Throughout my adult life, my focus has been on making the world a more beautiful place. Initially, I pursued this goal as a hairstylist, working on the external appearance of individuals to make them feel more beautiful. However, I wanted more, so I began to shift my focus to helping people make better choices and achieve greater beauty from within. As a transformational life coach, I specialize in helping you identify and change the limiting beliefs that may be holding you back. Join me each week as we discuss, interview, teach, and explore the fundamental principles of healthy relationships. Welcome to Conscious Conversations with Louisa. In today's episode of Conscious Conversations with Louisa, I'm speaking with Rodney Allgood. Mr. Rodney, how did all of this get started for you? No, it's a calling. I, I think I think most people have a calling, something that attracts you, something that you gravitate towards. And speaking and doing what I do is it's just a calling. It just kind of bugged me for a long time. I was in the sewage pumping business for 20 years in Maui. I owned trucks that pump septic systems and pump grease and oil from hotels and restaurants. I made biodiesel fuel out of it. Furthest thing from what I do now. But I, I always had this calling. I always was someone that people would call when they had problems. And, you know, I, I, I would know what to say. I would I think I think some of us have a gift to be able to see the world through other people's eyes instead of just your own. And uh, you know, I got divorced when I was 40 and just became someone that people was was calling all the time, right? And I'm like, well, I've got to I think I need to make a business out of this. <laughs> you know, because obviously it was something that was working for people and what's amazing is when you really have a calling and you move in that direction what's amazing the things that starts unfolding for you i, I always say prayers not in motion don't get answered you've got to be in motion right you need to know what you want and you need to know why you want it what people get stuck on is the how they always want to know how but when you start moving even if you don't know how then magically the people and opportunity and circumstances that will change your life, start to appear. These weird synchronicities start happening. So it was 2011. And I said, you know, I want to be a motivational speaker. I was involved with this network marketing company for a little bit. And I was one of the top people. So I was on stages a lot doing that. And I'm like, I'm, I'm really good at this. I want to do this, but I don't know how. I don't know the business. I don't know how to get paid. Just know I'm, I'm good at speaking to people from stage. So I'm living in Hawaii at the time, living in Honolulu. And I said, I'm going to go on the speaking bureau sites in Hawaii, and I'm going to find a speaker, and I'm going to somehow contact him. I'm going to see if I could take him to lunch. Maybe he could teach me the business. So I go on the speaking bureau sites, and I see the same speaker on three of the different sites. It's Wally Famous Amos. Remember Famous Amos Cookies? Well, in the 80s, he was huge. He was—he had these cookie stores all in the malls like Mrs. Fields does today. And he was, he, I think he won Entrepreneur of the Year with, with Ronald Reagan back in the day. But I always wanted to meet him because I always admired how he how he marketed his business back in the day. So I see Wally Amos. So I said, you know what? 
I'm going to find him on Facebook and I'm going to send him a message to see if he'll go out to lunch with me. So I find him on Facebook. I send him a message. This is 2000, December 27, 2011. Send him a message on Facebook. And my mom has a doctor's appointment in the next day. So I've got to take my mom to the doctor. And I take her to the doctor. I keep checking my phone to see if Wally had replied. He hadn't replied. I drop my mom off. I check my phone again. He hadn't replied. So I'm leaving my mom's complex. I take a left. I usually go right. I take a left. I take another left. Who's getting out of his car a block from my mom's apartment? I look to the side. I said, that's Wally Amos. This car is all stickered up, his face with a cookie on it. I said, that's famous Amos. This is 24 hours later after I had sent him this message. Now, I'm studying this DVD series that I bought, learning how to get paid speaking at high schools. I wanted to be a youth speaker back then. So I'm studying this DVD series, but I, I stopped my car, I walk across the street. I said, Mr. Amos, this is crazy. I sent you a message yesterday on Facebook saying I wanted to meet you. He goes, what's your name? I said, I'm Rodney. Rodney, you think this is crazy? Yeah, this is real crazy. It's not crazy at all, son. The universe is in perfect alignment. You're standing exactly where you should be standing. How can I help you? So I said, I want to be a motivational speaker. He goes, son, let me tell you, best advice I can give you is if you want to speak, speak. You got something to say, say it. Wherever you can say it and let it take its course. That was his advice. But we got along so well we became fast friends he was like an uncle i never had you know we're going out to lunch we're hanging out i just love the guy we barely talked about speaking so about three weeks after meeting him he calls me one morning he goes rodney what are you doing i said i just woke up man put some clothes on fix your hair i'm picking you up where are we going well i'm going to farrington high school i need to go speak to the kids you're coming with me all right so he picks me up we go out to the high school and He's doing his thing. I'm watching him do his thing. And halfway through his talk, he goes, and I brought a very special friend with me today. And just puts me on. No warning. No warning. So I just got up there and I did my thing, right? And the counselor, one of the counselors from this school says, you're really good. I'm in charge of a statewide program for alternative learning. And the whole state of Hawaii needs to hear you speak. And that's how I became a speaker. So like I said, you don't have to know the how. The how will show up. He's one of my dear friends today. And I have so many stories like that. So many crazy stories that would just seem like it's crazy synchronicity. But when you put it out there and you start moving in the direction, even if you don't know how you're going to achieve it, strange things come to pass. It could be this call. You could meet somebody on this call that changes your life. Who knows what happens with me and Louisa? We, we met on another call like this, right? And here I am now doing it. It's the dots connect looking backwards. Always remember that. Don't worry about trying to figure out how the dots are connecting when you're in the middle of it. Looking back, you'll go, ah, that's why that happened. That's why I, I missed that plane. That's why I met this person. The dots all connect looking backwards. So that's how I got started. And it's just been on a roll ever since. I love that. And I remember when I heard that story, you had just shared the part where there was some 
that's connecting of things falling apart. And it was like jaw dropping, falling apart. How did you hold it together when it was falling apart? Well, again, in retrospect, I was going through a really dark time of life and everything was not working. I mean, my phone, my phone, I got a divorce, right? That this says enough. Everything was going wrong. I was going broke. Businesses were going upside down. Everything was going wrong. In fact, my phone used to ring so much with bill collectors, right? Because I, I just, I was so far in debt, like overnight. I got divorced in 2008. That was the worst year to get divorced. The economy was upside down. It was a horrible time. I was in the bank recently. Someone had the same ringtone that I had back in 2000, whatever, nine it was, whatever year it was. I jumped <laughs> because it was the same ringtone that I had back then when my phone would constantly ring from bill collectors. But looking back, th- there were so many things that I was angry about. My best friend, one of my best friends is I, I've known since I was 10. I, I had two businesses at the time. He... Worked for me for 13 years, never a hiccup, never an argument. I mean, just we had a great one, but he becomes a competitor of mine. When I'm going through my divorce, right, I lived on Maui. This business, the office was on Oahu. He ran it. Everybody thought he owned it, right? So he had the database. He had everything. And him and the secretary ran off, stole all my accounts. If if you've been to Hawaii, all those hotels in Waikiki, almost every one of them were my accounts. Okay, gone overnight. I got this high lifestyle of no money coming in. I was so angry at him. If you were within breathing distance, you heard the story. You know, I had got divorced and the religion I was in at the time. When you leave that religion, I was a Jehovah Witness. You get shunned. So everyone I've ever known in my life stopped talking to me. My own mom stopped talking to me for the most part. So it was a lot of really heavy stuff. And I would walk around telling this story of how everyone screwed me to anyone who would listen. But when you do that, you become your story. I believe everything is about vibration and frequency. Everything exists in this vibrational escrow. And I had become such a low vibration person that nothing went my way. It was like, I had the golden wand for 20 years and suddenly nothing is working. You see, I was I was tired of those businesses. I was tired of a lot of things in my life. And when you tell the universe you don't want something anymore, you're not going to have it. If you keep talking about wanting a new house, this house might burn down. <laughs> You'll get what you're looking for, right? So I'm becoming my story and I'm becoming very comfortable in this story. I'm being ver- I'm becoming very comfortable being the guy who just has everything going wrong, who had it all and lost it. I, mean, I, I became my story and I became very good at telling this story. Now, what happened with me that made me realize how ungrateful I was. You see, when you're going through the worst of times, sometimes that's the most selfish you ever will be. The most self-centered you ever will be sometimes is when things aren't going right because it was all about me and my story. Now, I lived in a high rise in Honolulu. I lived on the 34th floor. And from my bedroom in my apartment, I could see the ocean, the nice building. I could see the ocean from my bedroom. So I go down one morning, you know, just 
kicking the ground and, you know, stuck in this story. And I step around this homeless guy and I go and get a cup of coffee and breakfast. And I come back around, I step around the same guy. And I go up to my apartment and I realize that guy's got problems. That guy's got way more problems than me. And I'm the one complaining. As I'm sitting on my bed looking out the ocean in Hawaii, and I looked at my life and I said, you know, I probably got like four real problems. How many things are going right? How many things are going right in my body right this second for me to feel good? A couple of things go right in your physiology and you feel horrible. I'm healthy. I'm not facing any kind of disease or anything. I got two healthy kids. I'm really ungrateful. I just focused on me. And I went downstairs. I grabbed that homeless guy and I said, come on, let's go have breakfast. I bought him breakfast. And I made that a routine. Every morning I went downstairs and I bought someone who was homeless, either breakfast or coffee. Or there's one lady, all she ever wanted was $2. I said, what can I, would you want something? $2. That's all she wanted. I give her $2. That's what she wanted. She wanted $2. She'd say that every day. And I started writing a gratitude list. What am I grateful for? Oh, I'm grateful for this bed. I love my bed. Nice big California king. I love my bed. Oh, I love this cup of coffee. A lot of people in the world can't have a hot cup of coffee. A lot of people have got to walk two miles to bring back dirty water, the same water that animals drink and swim in, for their family to drink and bathe in and to, to drink from. That's not my life. I've got some challenges, but these challenges will pass. So I started writing a gratitude list, three to five things that I was grateful for every day. And that began to shift things. You see, I was so negative. I remember there was a maybe 10 day or two week period. My brakes in my car went out, which I couldn't afford to fix at the time. One of my employees, I I, I fired him because he, he did something. no. I needed this one job really bad. It was a $15,000 project. I needed that $15,000. And my guys did something so stupid that I got fired off the job. And I needed that money. So I lost the money. I fired my employee. I lost that money I really needed. My secretary, my assistant quit. I really needed her. We had some disagreement. She walked out on me. I got, Janelle, no. She, she walked out on me. What else happened? I bought a brand new, really expensive pressure washer for my business that I couldn't afford. It blew up on me the first night I used it. It blew up. I don't know what happened. It just exploded, okay? That happened. And then the employee that I fired set my work van on fire. It burned the van. It burned the side of... Oh, and I also lost my office space. So I went and rented a storage facility where you could put an office in there because that's all I could afford. So, But I was sneaking my trucks back to my old office because I didn't have anywhere to put them. So I wasn't supposed to be there, but at night I'd sneak them over there and, and leave them there. And I don't think they knew it was there, but they knew it was there when it burned the whole side of the building <laughs> and it burned the truck. And the police came to my apartment. It's like 11 at night. The security calls me down. They said, there's some police here to talk to you. So I came down and they said, oh, you missed all good. I said, yeah. What's up? Someone set your van on fire. <laughs> and at the end of this two-week period, that was like the last straw. An officer told me that. I started laughing like a madman. Like, this can't be real. 
I'm either going to cry or I'm going to laugh. This is comical how many things. And I think I got a couple of speeding tickets, too. I got a couple of, you know, everything was going wrong. And I said, this has to be me. I have to be doing this. Nobody has this much bad luck. It has to be me. And then I really focused on that gratitude list and things started to shift. What is going right? Sometimes some of your purposes are so strong and what I see later connecting the dots that sometimes all the doors are closed until you find the door that was meant for you. I had an AC duct cleaning business. Makes me want to throw up the thought of cleaning and crawling in an AC duct today, right? That's not what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not supposed to be pumping septic systems. I have a purpose here on this planet, and so do every one of you. And sometimes it's always free will. You always got choice. But if you're living the wrong life, it will be hard. When you live the right life, it starts to become easy. And when I finally got it, I'm supposed to help people. I found out I was a poet. Never wrote a poem in my life. I'm 45 years old, and poems just start going through my head. I don't know why. I just keep writing them. Because these poems are meant for other people. I was dealing with this religion, and I was so mad at the religion. I was so mad at what's happening to me, the shunning, and my family and friends not talking to me. I was so bitter. And one day I grabbed a paper and a pen and I was going to journal. I got to get these feelings out. And this is what comes out instead without even trying. Raised in beliefs that were not mine, a detachment from my true self showed over time. A lie I lived for so very long, never understanding my truth about what's right and wrong. Like a chameleon, I would change my colors at will. So the people I love would love me back still. But is it true love if it's taken away because something called truth is not seen the same way? You see, we all have the power to use our own minds and seek understanding that we all wish to find. This journey is mine. It belongs to no other, no brother, no sister, no father or mother. See, I was created unique and like no one else, but my talents and gifts were then put on the shelf. But now it's time to break free from these chains and shatter the bondage that's inside of my brain. Now I finally am free, I can soar to the sky, for I was created in the image of the one who's most high. I wrote that in five minutes without even trying. And they kept coming, and they kept coming, and they kept coming. And I said, I've got to do something with these poems. Something, it felt like something was speaking through me. Next day, I wrote this. If you knock, it shall be open. And if you ask, you shall receive. Now, what you need to find deep in your heart is faith and to believe. You see, having doubt is just like poison. It spreads death to all your dreams. But having faith is the expectation that what you see will come to be. Now, never let anyone around you tell you what you can do. For they can't comprehend, nor can they understand, a dream that was meant for you. Now, the word fear, that stands for false expectation appearing to be real, but fear will dissipate. If you have faith, you find strength that you can feel. Now, you've heard this said before, that there's nothing that you cannot do. 
learn to let that sink deep in your soul and know this to be true, that if you believe down to your core, there's nothing that you can't achieve. And it all begins, listen close, my friends, with a dream that you believe. What I started to understand is that everything is about belief. You could call it what you want. Everyone has a different road they walk now. They might carry a different faith. That's the wrapping on the box. What's in the box is belief itself. Call it what you must. When you believe, you create what you see. We are all very powerful creators, not just in the positive. When people think about manifesting, they always think about the positive things. You manifest the negative things too. It's not just a positive thing. You're always manifesting what you believe. You see, you have three components of your mind. You have the conscious, you have the subconscious, and you have what's called the creative or the super subconscious. That third component of your mind is there to make you correct about whatever you have taken in as a belief. So if you think you're not good enough, you're not good enough. If you think something's impossible, it's impossible. But when you've convinced yourself to believe something, even before it's in your physical reality, that third component of your mind, as I said earlier, will discover the people, opportunity, and circumstances to make you correct eventually about what you've taken in as truth. So when I said, I am going to do this, sick and tired of this life I've been living. I am going to find my way on stages. I am going to figure it out. And when I took action to reach out to Wally, the universe says, here's Wally. It's very simple. And now everyone knows why I love you as much as I do. It, it It's so rewarding to hear the, I almost feel like, you know, we're looking for breadcrumbs and we're just making loaves of bread because it's like, it's this loaf and it's that loaf. And you look back and you've made so many loaves of bread by picking up the breadcrumbs from the each thing. And I love the, the knowing, follow your heart, knowing that there's something deep inside of you and you knew it all along and it just was going to materialize. I know there's a lot of people in here because I know a lot of them personally that you have absolutely impacted right now. So I'm going to, I see David's hands up. I'm going to let him start first to ask a question. And then I know everyone's going to want to jump into. So, wow. Yes, David. Can you hear me? I hear you fine. Hey, thank you, Roddy. I, I, I loved you know, listening to what you said and I've done some reading and I had a question for you because you did write something that I read about when you were a child listening to Casey Kasem and getting inspired by the words that he would say by keeping, you know, reach for the, keep yourself, your feet on the ground, but keep reaching for the stars. And I knew Casey and I know his children. So it, it really touched me. And I, and I, what was really meaningful about that was what, what you read, what I read about Keeping yourself grounded is so important and keeping yourself, you know, having that higher purpose in life is so important, whatever you're doing, because it's if you do achieve success and you do reach out 
you're still going to have that hole in you if you don't have something that is bigger than you have a higher purpose. And that's the gratitude I think you've been talking about as well. Yeah. You know, I think it's very important for people to find whatever spirituality means for them. Success can be a dangerous thing if you're not grounded. Success can exacerbate things that you haven't dealt with because you have access, you have more money, you have more opportunity and you success is not to fill a hole. Success is to fill a purpose. So I'm, I'm going to give you the, what I think is the secret recipe for all of it. Number one, character. Number two, supreme confidence. So a lot of people want to equate confidence with conceit. It's not the same. What you need to offset that is an equal measure of humility, character, confidence, and humility. Now, I I study people who achieve success and who are beloved. See, not many people are very successful and internationally beloved. I had the chance in April to go to the Muhammad Ali Center in Louisville, Kentucky. It's five stories high. And I got it. I said, this man figured it out. He was supremely confident. We all know that. But he also had a sense of humility. Now, what is humility? Humility is not downplaying yourself. Humility is when you see the greatness in others, when you see what other people bring to the table, when you love people, when you don't put yourself above them. I'm going to show you. I'm going to put this in front of the camera. And I'm going to show you a clip of Muhammad Ali in 1980. He's the most famous man in the world. And he's just walking down the street in Miami. No bodyguards. Watch this. Where are you from? Where are you from? Hey, champs over here, please. Where are you from? Argentina. Where are you from? From Pakistan. Pakistan. I'm coming to a high five jump. Can't take. I'll be champion for the fourth time. I hope so. No, we know so. Beautiful. We hope so. We know so. Sham four times. That's the best you can say. All right. You you sure you do it? We sure. We know we're gonna do it. Beautiful. Hello, ladies. That goes on for like seven minutes, where he's just walking through people. That's the humility I'm talking about. Confidence. The person asks him, "You think you're gonna do it?" He goes, "No, I know so. You never say you hope." I know we know we're going to do it. Confidence and humility and character where you stand for something. If you can have an equal measure of those three things, you are showing that you know it's not about you. What keeps us from being conceited is the knowledge that it's not about us. We're merely conduits of the gift that we're carrying, and we have an obligation. To share the gift, we have an obligation. If you're giving something, we have an obligation to give it. Here's another poem for you. It's called The Gift. It goes like this. There's a gift that dwells inside of you, bestowed by the universe. Your purpose dwells within your heart, for it was given to you at birth. Your worth is not in question, but doubt won't let you see. The greatness that resides inside of you, it's your belief that sets it free. This gift is not for you. Your gift is for us all. So consider it as selfishness 
if you don't heed your call. This life that we are blessed to live is not merely to exist. So it's time to change your point of view, so take time to ponder this. Imagine yourself old. Your life is in review. Will you be filled with regret of the things you did not do? Will you have an empty feeling as you sit and stare, knowing that you will leave this earth with a gift you failed to share? So live to leave a legacy and always remember this, that you are one of a kind and that you were born to shine and your purpose is your gift. Hey, Rodney. Amazing. Rodney. Yes. I give you a small world. 1962, I was Wally Amos' secretary at the William Morris Agency. Oh, okay. All right. And I've known Wally for 60 years. Wow. <laughs> but I love your poetry. I love your poetry. Thank you so much. Wow. I, I, Dexter, I'm going to tell I'm going to mention him next time I mention you next time I talk to him. Yeah, please do. Please do. He's still over in Maui. He, he's in Oahu. Oahu, yeah. No, I haven't seen him for several years. He used to come here at and speak down at the church over in Santa Monica. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Wow, he's, he's totally cool. I've, I've known him through the whole cookie thing, everything. He's, right, he's, right. he's had his ups and downs as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. He takes it with grace, all of it. He takes it with oh, grace. Oh, no, he's fabulous. Anyway, I love your poetry. It's Thank fantastic. So Can I share another manifesting story? Please do. It's like 2012, maybe. I'm walking out of a Kinko's printing store and I see this beautiful girl walking in. I've seen her on town before in Maui and I said, hello. And she says, hello. And we get into a conversation and I'm like, oh, I think she likes me. So we exchanged numbers and we ended up dating. And But I, I had moved to Honolulu at this time. So it was mostly on the phone. And she said, Rodney, I've got a humanitarian project I'm working on. And you know who I, I need to put it in front of? I said, who? Oprah Winfrey. I said, well, how are you going to get this in front of Oprah? Everybody want to meet Oprah. I don't know. I'm a strong manifester. Things usually happen when I think on it enough. Okay? And she keeps talking about Oprah. One day I'm on Facebook. And when I lived on Maui, I used to work for a modeling agency. My former agent, her name is Cynthia. Cynthia puts on Facebook, hey, everyone, I need some help. I need an African-American girl about five foot eight for a modeling gig because there's barely any black girls on Maui. So she didn't have a, a girl like that on her catalog. So I see this message. I, I text her. I go, Cynthia, I got your girl. She's five eight. She goes, really? Send me a picture. So I send her a picture. She goes, oh, thank God, she's perfect. Can you send her in? Her name is Shaka. So I, I call Shaka at work. I say, hey, when you get done work, Go on and see my girl, Cynthia. She might have a modeling gig for you. So she goes, interviews for it. week later, she gets the gig. She goes, Rodney, the gig is for Old Magazine and Oprah Winfrey. She ended up, she ended up an entertainment tonight with Oprah. <laughs> this is Oprah introducing her to the world. And on Entertainment Tonight, she said, I knew this was going to happen. And Oprah said, you did. You manifested this. I dated her for three months. That all happened in 90 days. She stayed at Oprah's house. Oprah owns a big house in Maui. You can't get there. It's all gated up. She stayed at Oprah's house for two days. She didn't just meet her. She stayed at Oprah's house for two days. So 
what it is, when Oprah does her shoots for her magazine, because all the pictures are her, she gets somebody who's the same height. She puts this wig on, and this person sits through all the settings. Oprah doesn't like to sit through that. So she puts the outfits and sits through all the things for Oprah. So she was Oprah's body double for her magazine shoot. So <laughs> my favorite line is you how much more proof do we need? Yeah. I literally wake up and every day I'm like, how much more proof do how we much proof need? need? How, yeah. Has anyone did anyone see that? It was on TV. This was this was years ago, but they were on a whole bunch of shows about this kid who was blind, he had fake eyes, and he would click and he would feel the vibration off of stuff and it looked like he could see. Anybody remember seeing this kid? Little black kid. Anyway, this is the ultimate story. <laughs> All right. So I was involved in this network marketing company in 2006. And me and my ex-wife, we got to the top of the company. We're the ninth highest earners in the entire company. Real quick. And they had a convention at the Venetian Hotel. And um, they didn't use me to speak. And I'm kind of bummed because, again, I, I like speaking, right? And, and usually the top people get a, a, a speaking piece. And they didn't use me. So I told my whole group, I said, I'm going to show you how this manifesting stuff works. Check this out. And that's when The Secret was big, you know. And I said, I just got done watching the movie The Secret. I'm, let me show you how this works. Watch me have a keynote at the next convention. Not just a part, I'm have a keynote. I got 10,000 people in my group. I told everybody this. So a year goes by, the next convention is going up, you know, being planned, and us leaders find out the program before everybody else, and I'm not on it after I told everybody that, okay? Now, reverse back a couple of months before. I had watched the CBS Evening News, and Katie Couric goes, when we come back from break, we have the story of this blind kid with fake eyes. He clicks. He feels the vibration of stuff, and it looks like he can see. They showed a little trailer, and I said, I'm going to TiVo that. I'm going to record that. Mind you, I've never recorded anything. I don't know how to do it. During commercial, I figure out how to record this because it just looks amazing. So it plays. He's walking home from school with his friends. He's not banging. He doesn't use a stick. He's not banging anything. He's rollerblading. He jumps over the curve. Somehow he knows what a curve is. He's walking down the street. He knows if that's a trash can knocked over. He knows if it's a fire hydrant. He plays the host foosball and wins five to three. He's playing video games. The TV's behind him. They go, how do you do that? They make different sounds. Like, it's crazy what he could do. He banked the basketball. I mean, banked the shot right in. I'm like, wow, they interviewed the kid and his mom. And I'm like, this is crazy. I was obsessed about this. I must have watched it 10 times. My wife comes home and goes, you got to watch this kid. He's amazing. I'm obsessed about this kid. So we fly to Honolulu for a real estate conference. We're going to get into real estate now. And we get done the conference, and we're walking back to our hotel. We're staying at the Hyatt, which is right across Waikiki Beach. Anybody been to Waikiki Beach? It's, it's a sea of people. I couldn't find you in Waikiki Beach if I was looking for you. It's, it's not crowded. So as we're going across the street, I look at the ocean. I tell my wife, man, it's a beautiful day. Ocean's just glistening. Let's walk on the water today. Mind you, I grew up in Honolulu. I, it looks like that every day. But today, I want to go walk on the water. So we start walking toward the water. There's an empty wall that we could sit on. I said, let's just sit on this wall. So we sit on the wall. This lady's talking like two or three other ladies next to us. 
and she is just on fire. I mean, she's just preaching her philosophies of life and she is just a spitball. I'm like, wow, this lady's amazing. Listen to her. And I want to talk to her. I'm like, I want to, I want to meet this lady. She's amazing. So after like 20 minutes, now it's like eight people around her. I, she's not stopping. I'm not going to get to talk to her. So I said, let's just walk away. It's She's on a roll. So we start walking away. She looks in between two people and goes, how are you, sir? She stops talking, points at me and says, how are you, sir? I said, I'm great. I said, I'm surprised you stopped me. I was eavesdropping, you know, next to you. And I wanted to talk to you, but, you know, you're really busy in your conversation. But I'm eavesdropping now. I love the way you think. You're amazing. And she has a lay on. I said, I see you have a lay on. What brings you to Hawaii? She goes, we're here to talk to a church group. I said, who's we? Me and my son, he's out there surfing. He's blind. I said, I see a kid standing on the surfboard that was her kid, and he's blind. I said, did I see you on TV? She goes, oh, yeah, we've been on Oprah, Ellen, all them shows. I go, it's the mom and the kid. So we become friends. She gave me her phone number. We become friends. I enroll her into my network marketing company. I call the owners of the company who were here in Vegas. I live in Vegas now. I said, I need to talk to you. They go, when? I said, tomorrow. I'm catching a plane, and we need to sit down. So I catch a plane. They go, okay, what's up, Rodney? She gave me the DVD from the, from the evening news. I said, put that in. They put it in. Their mouths just go. They said, you know these people? I said, I signed them up last week. They're like, what? I said, hey, guess what y'all are going to do for me? You're going to give me the keynote on Saturday morning, <laughs> and you're going to fly them from Sacramento to Las Vegas, and they're going to join me on stage. They said, done. So there I am on stage with the main keynote of the whole day, just like I said. When you know what you want, magic happens. And just move in the direction whether you know how you're going to get there or not. Now, let me say, this is so crazy. Last year in July, we did, I I was on the board of a nonprofit called Unsilenced Voices to help for battered women. And we we had this big fundraiser. We had a bunch of NFL players or ex-NFL players. Lee Steinberg, a big agent, came in. He was a speaker. I was a speaker. And I said, we need Aquanetta. That's a kid's mom. We need Aquanetta. They're like, okay, where'd she live? Sacramento. They're trying to keep the cost down because it's fundraiser. So I, they said, okay, if you say so, Rodney, we'll, we'll, we'll pay for it. We really don't want to pay for people to come in. but we'll. So I called Aquanetta. I said, hey, can you speak at this conference? She goes, what's the date? I give it a date. She goes, baby, I'm there on a softball tournament anyway. We didn't pay for anything. <laughs> the universe is amazing. Yes, it is. So it's so important to me, like how many people are hearing you and seeing what's possible for themselves versus he's so excellent. Like, is everyone really seeing this as absolutely possible for each and every one of us? Like, yeah, and everyone's excellent at what you do. Another thing I, I want to really stress is never compare yourself to another person. Right. Okay? If Bob Dylan compared himself to a great singer, <laughs> he'd have never started, right? I mean, I could beat Bob Dylan at a karaoke contest, but he's uniquely Bob Dylan. And the confidence has to be with you. It's you who must believe. People respond to your belief. 
not you trying to get validation from people, not you trying to appease people. If you think you're it, be it. Enough people will resonate with you, with whatever you feel your gift is. If you feel it's your gift, it's your gift. Absolutely. And one of the very first things you said this as we started was you never know. It could happen in this room. It could happen anywhere. So staying awake and, and participating and being with where you're at and, and knowing it's coming, knowing that you each and every place that we participate. I remember I was riding my bike a year, two and a half years ago. And I remember thinking I heard Oprah and Eckhart Tolle's interview. And he said to her, what do you like to do? She says, I love to learn. I love to teach. And my brain instantly said, me too. And then my brain said, who do you think you are? And I was crushed instantly. A serious, tremendous amount of work later, I about a year ago, I'm doing a meditation on what your purpose and your journey. And I get to this part in the, in the meditation, it says, what is your purpose? Now my brain pops in with world leader. My next thought was, heck yeah, as opposed to who do you think you are? And just recently, I woke up with this sentence that said, if not me, then who? If not you, then who? And so we all are showing up as world leaders by participating in our lives, by participating in showing up as the best ourselves we could be. And so I love that you took yourself on and who you, how the, you impact everybody you touch, how you are a, a yes to, of course, I will speak and be there. And the amount you've given us today and how every single time we show up, everyone who's here has taken themselves on to the difference that we all get to make. And I'm so grateful for the world we get to be in that mm-hmm. is this world. You know, your story is always your gift. Your story can be your hindrance or your story can be your gift. You know, I was so upset at the world I came from being raised in a high control religion like that. And now I have a Facebook group of almost 10,000 of them that I help mentor. I create courses and we have conferences we do. I am so grateful to have had that history so I can help those people in retrospect, right? So someone, I, I speak at a lot of things that have a lot of recovering drug addicts in the, the audience. Now, I always do a fine job at what I do, but I'm not going to reach those people like someone else can. I don't understand stealing grandma's jewelry and selling it. That's just crazy to me because I never was a drug addict. But this guy who has recovered and has overcome, now what was his curse is now his gift because he can reach them at a level I cannot. So whatever your journey has been, that is your gift. Get to the other side of it, and then you reach out your hand, and you help the next person up. However you communicate is how you communicate. Some people were meant to stand on stages in front of thousands of people. Some people were not. Some people are good one-on-one. Some people, you know, if, if, if you're a person here where all your girlfriends come and give you their, their, their problems, that means you're a great listener. That means that you can put yourself or see life through lenses other than your own. That's why they come to you. That's a gift. So be be very open to what your gift is. 
And never compare yourself. I, I often say it's like light bulbs, right? Some light bulbs are 40 watt, some 60, some 100 watt, some are halogen lamps. There's no wrong bulb to be. For me, because I'm out there and I talk to the masses, I know I'm a halogen lamp. But don't look at someone who is a halogen saying, wow, I, I could never be that. Maybe you're a 40 watt bulb. A 40 watt bulb is your aunt that keeps the family together. The aunt that just cooks the best meals and you just can't get enough of her. I don't want a halogen lamp. I don't want a 100-watt lamp in my the room I like to chill in. It's too bright. I want a 40-watt bulb. I want to be comfortable, right? So some people are that. The most influential person in my life was my high school drama teacher, okay? Maybe, maybe that's a 80-watt bulb. He didn't change the world, but he changed a lot of lives, when my drama teacher died, he, it was on all three news stations in Hawaii. That's how respected he was. He changed lives. He changed my. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. So it's not all, always about money. You don't get rich being a school teacher. But everyone has such an important role. You don't know whose life you're going to touch. Maybe if I never would, had my drama teacher, I wouldn't know what being on stages is like. Maybe I wouldn't be doing this. So, so in his way, how many lives has he touched? So never downplay your gift and never compare it to anyone else. And that one poem I said, never let anyone around you tell you what you can do. For they can't comprehend nor can they understand a dream that was meant for you. So you can't listen to nobody else. You can only listen to the people who have achieved what you're trying to achieve or someone who has achieved what they wanted to achieve. One of those two. If you did not fulfill your dream, I'm not listening to you. Or if you didn't fulfill my dream. You know, it doesn't have to be my dream, but you know how to chase dreams. I'm going to listen to you. I'm not listening to a person that's never done anything. Opinion is invalid. Like Charlie Brown, the adults on Charlie Brown. <laughs> I love it. Corinne, can I pick on you to share? Because I know you could relate to him and I know you're super touched right now. I can yes. feel you, girl. <laughs> well, I grew up Jehovah's Witness too, like you did. And my family was very into it. And I left when I was 23. And I hated everyone thought the same way. You could, you know, it's like, it was so boring to me. So when I, you know, moved out here to LA, you know, I'm a hairstylist. They say, don't talk about religion and politics. I wanted to, because I wanted to see what other people thought because I wasn't around that, you know, and I went through a lot of struggles, but now I'm having trouble. Maybe you can help me with how, because now it's the world has gotten to be like, you can't talk about opposite views. Like it's like kind of almost tunnel vision again. And I, I feel myself feeling like that 20 year old back in that religion. How can I what can I do to kind of help keep my, my head out of that, that space that I worked so hard to get to where I am today? By being curious about what other people think, right? It, there's a problem when you're just defending your point of view, right? So I don't care who people vote for. I, I don't care what people's politics are. I learn more from people that think differently than me than people that think alike. I don't learn anything from somebody that thinks like I do, right? So for me, it's, it, I, don't, I don't feel the need to defend anything. And I don't feel the need to fight against anything. So just get curious. You can talk about anything if you're curious. So it's just information. But if you feel like you've got to take a side on a point of view, then that's a problem. 
But if it's just information, that's all it is. I don't have to agree with you. To I still might like you. I understand that people's opinions come from how are they they were raised, their influences, their environment, what's important to them. But I learn more from people that think differently. It doesn't mean I got to agree with everything, and it's okay. That's the beauty of us being human beings, is we can be different, and we need to be different. Yes. And I don't necessarily want to defend my viewpoints. It's just a lot of times I get frustrated because I can't say what, you know, my viewpoints, because I know they're so opposite because it doesn't matter to me what they think. I just like to listen to them. So just get curious. And, and it's easy to talk to anyone if you're curious to learn. Some people are curious to push their point of view. I just stay curious to learn. Oh, and what's your Facebook group? Look for empowered XJWs or empowered minds, empowered XJWs. Okay. We, we have you. we have a, we have a conference coming up in Orlando, Florida, in November. So keep that in mind. Okay. Thank you. Anyone else want to have questions and would like to share? Like what showed up for you through the amazing Mr. Allgood? We've got shy ones in the house today. I think he's answered a lot of questions. One thing I want to share is what I've come to understand is one of the biggest issues that anyone has that's struggling is normally based on a lack of self-love. If there's one thing I think we really need to focus on, it's on loving ourselves, not allowing ourselves to say anything about ourselves that we wouldn't allow our children to say out loud about themselves. So many of us have self-talk that is so negative and so biting, and we allow it. But if our children said the same thing out loud about themselves, we would correct them, and we'd adjust them, and we make sure that they saw what was awesome about them. So why aren't we in the same category as our own children? Keep that in mind. Put yourself in the same category you would your own children and never violate that. Never beat yourself up. If you make a mistake, if you fall short, learn the lesson that comes with it, dust yourself off and keep it moving. Beating yourself up does nothing for you. I ask this question all the time. And I ask this question, who's the most famous baseball player who ever lived? Somebody say something. Somebody, somebody, always Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. I get the same answer. I've got the same answer a thousand times. When he retired, he held the home run record, 714 home runs. Now, when Babe Ruth retired, can you name the player who held the strikeout record? Babe Ruth. His name was Babe Ruth. He simply swung the bat more often, and he swung it hard. He failed more than anyone else of his time. Kobe Bryant holds the record for the most missed shots ever in the NBA. You gotta swing the bat. I'd rather go down swinging than taking strikes, just holding the bat, not wanting to look silly. Not We're always worried about other people. Successful people fail far more than unsuccessful people. Swing the bat. Be good to yourselves. See what's great about you and acknowledge it. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you see what's great about the person next to you too. So beautiful. 
Christine, yes, I see your hand is up. I love this man. I love this man. So I met Rodney last year. I'm also an XJW. I left when I was 16 and I was stuck for over 40 years because I could not figure out how to get out of the negative mindset. And I was planning my demise that year. And I got a message from Rodney, I can help you. And I was like, well, if you think you can help me, I'm all ears. And I deprogrammed last summer. And the best piece of advice that he gave me, don't worry about the how. Don't worry about the how. I'll never forget that. Don't worry about the how. That small phrase gave me the courage to try something new. Because if I didn't know how it was going to work out in the end, I wasn't even going to try. And not worrying about the how has led me to become who I'm really supposed to be. And I never knew the gifts that I already had inside that little phrase, everything you need is already inside you. It's like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. I kept reaching outside, maybe this, maybe this may, I mean, I've tried everything almost just trying to figure out what, what are my gifts, but my gifts are already inside of me. So I'm, I have all seven or eight Claire's like I'm really gifted in that department. And I didn't know I can do energy clearing like nobody's business. And I didn't know. I just became a practitioner for the accelerated release technique, which is another energy healing program. And I, I say, like I sailed through because it was just like, it was just, that's what I'm meant to do. It's just, I'm gifted in doing that. And I was like, oh, wow. So this is how life is supposed to be. It's supposed to be easy. It's supposed to just flow. Whereas my whole life, I have I have fought going uphill, trying to find what, what is for me. So I, it's, it's, I can't wait to meet Rodney in person because like I owe him such a huge debt of gratitude. He's just an amazing human being. And I just... I can't thank you enough for that Facebook message. I can help you. I just, I can't, I can't thank you enough. I just, I'm, I'm so grateful. And it's wonderful to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. And I'm never at a loss of words. So, you know, it's huge when I'm quiet. We're all, we all just conduits. I think that's how we can keep our ego in check. We're just conduits. And when we stop thinking so much, when we get out of our own way with that hamster just running around and just put it aside, then it comes right through us. We, we, we don't have to keep searching. We have to peel away the layers to get back to the mind of a child. Children get it more than adults. Children just gravitate to what they want. Ch children will have a hairbrush and just sing in the mirror, right? But what do you think Beyonce did when she was a little girl? Probably had a hairbrush sang in the mirror. He just held to that dream. 
when you have, it's, it's all about clarity, focus, and consistency. Those three things, another three things, clarity, get clear about what you want. So when I'm clear, I just will not even entertain things that distract me from this. Clarity. This is what I'm doing. Focus. Get rid of the distractions. Make what's not important not important. When I'm clear on my purpose, suddenly things I love become less important. I have not watched a football game this year. I love football. It's not important. Dallas Cowboys don't write me a check, right? I, I don't let society tell me what's important. Matt, I missed the Super Bowl last year. I would never think I would miss the Super Bowl. I went to L.A. for a, a meetup with these people I, I work with. This is how my priorities have changed. I was invited to a Super Bowl party with Lee Steinberg, who they made Jerry Maguire off of because we spoke together. It cost thousands of dollars to go to this Super Bowl party at the SUNY Studios in Hollywood, Okay. I have a free ticket to go to this party with all these stars and stuff. But I was having a meetup with these ex-Jehovah Witnesses in, in Los Angeles, a little meetup for them to have fun. So I, my original plan was I'm going to spend like an hour and a half with these guys. And then four miles up the road, I'm going to this party. I'm not missing this party. But I'm having so much fun with these guys. I never made the party. And then I got invited to some cool Super Bowl because the Super Bowl was in L.A. I got invited to some cool Super Bowl parties the day of the Super Bowl. And I'm like, and I caught the bus to Los Angeles. Go, nah, I'm catching the bus back. I didn't know who won the Super Bowl to 830 at night because my priorities have shifted. I, I don't let society tell me what's important. What's really important about that? Next year's another game. Next year's another game. I, I don't care who won three years ago. Right. I, I, I made something so big. I can't miss the Super Bowl. Yeah, I can. I got other things to do. So so focus. I'm focused on this one thing. This is what's important. All this other stuff's not. Not. We don't care. Two weeks out of the Super Bowl. We don't care. I'll watch all the commercials on YouTube when I get back. OK. <laughs> and then consistency. You got to be consistent. It's like going to the gym. Some people join the gym January 1st. They go hard for three weeks and they don't go for another two weeks. They go hard for another week. Don't go for a month. Go for like two more days. And they do that for a year and they are oh, gym don't work for me. I just don't have the body for it. No, you're not consistent, right? The other guy, uh, yeah, I went for a year too. Look at you. Look at me. We both went for a year. It works for you. It doesn't work for me. No, you're not consistent. Everything about us is a reflection of our habits, rituals, and routines, period. So figure out what's important and consistently do those things regardless of what's going on around you. Yes. And that is exactly like, then you look back and go, look what I've accomplished. Because that's exactly how it is. It's, it's, I don't know how. Don't worry about the how. I love, love, love that line. Because, you know, then there goes the sentences of, I'm not this person. I've always been this way. And and then the drama and the stories. So I love the do not worry about the how. Because we do get stuck with that. And then really the clarity and, and the focus, love. Mia, I would love to hear your question. It, well, it was more a comment for Rodney. I took a bunch of notes, but one thing you said that really stood out was that the dots connect looking backwards. And for me, I feel like when I do a puzzle or a maze, like on paper, I always start at the finish line 
because it's easier to go back to the start than it is for me to go start to finish. So when I create this list of things that, you know, I'm grateful for, you said the three to five things you would write down every day. I'm also going to include things that got me to where I am today, because, you know, the good and the bad has still gotten me to a really good place in life. And if I look backwards and I connect the dots, I can see the things that have gotten me to where I am. And I just really appreciated that, Rodney. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to go through those things again, but I wouldn't change anything about my life because, you know, if you don't go through things, you don't understand people the same way, right? So if I went from having the success I used to have, and I didn't have that drop off, then I I might be someone who would just say, you know, pull your pull your straps up and and get at it, man. You're not working hard enough. Like, you're not grinding hard enough, right? I would not have the compassion for people who fell off their game. Right. I, I remember, I, dude, I got you. I was there. Right. So you go through things and it you always come out stronger the other side. So always remember this. It's less about what happens to you in life and more about what you do about it. Two people can get hit by a drunk driver and be told you'll never walk again. One person says my life is over, maybe starts drinking and becomes an alcoholic. I get it. I mean, that I can't imagine that happening. But this person's life, their life spirals because in their mind, it's over. It's not what it was. The second person decides to learn how to play tennis from a wheelchair and starts doing marathons and becomes a motivational speaker and starts making videos that millions of people watch on YouTube and is just touching all these lives because of what happened. This person's living a more impactful life than he ever would have lived as an able-bodied person. So same circumstance, just a different response to it, right? What will Christopher Reeve always be remembered for? Christopher Reeve made more difference in the world of, you know, paralyzed people than anyone in history he will his legacy is not being superman it's him improving the quality of life for people in that position forever they're making strides to this day based on the work that he started so even though of course no one wants to be in that position what do you do with your challenges do you complain about it or do you flip it and create a legacy with it? What do you do with your time? We're not guaranteed a certain amount of time. There's a date, there's a dash, and there's a date. You know, one of the most impactful things, the, the day that I decided to do this with my life was when I was in Atlanta, Georgia. It was January 2009. And I was at what's called the King District. Atlanta, Georgia, it's all Martin Luther King. His tomb is there. There's a museum that's there. His childhood house is up the street. They bought the whole street, so it looks like he walked back in time. And I was sitting at his tomb, and it happened to be the same day that Barack Obama was inaugurated. Can you imagine the energy that day there? I did not plan to be there that day. I just happened to be there that day. The energy was so buzzing in that whole space. And I sat on this wall and I thought, there's no bigger reason that this day is happening than that man that's been in that box for 40 years at that time. Ain't that something? There's You can't name me one bigger reason. That day would not be happening if that man didn't exist. And I said, I want to live that kind of life. 
39 years, he changed the world. What can all of us do? Just because he made a decision to use his gift, all of us can do something amazing if we choose to. And it's not always going to be comfortable in the moment that you're doing it. How many times they throw him in? They threw him in prison countless times. Not prison, but jail. Countless times. It's not comfortable. They threw rocks at him. They, I mean, it's not a comfortable life. But in retrospect, what did you leave behind? We can't take stuff with us, but the work we've done lives on. You know, sometimes we see each other's gifts more than we see our own. Like I see a lot of people wanting to do things and they're literally sitting on their dreams, their goals, their everything is right here. They're walking around going, are you my daddy? Are you my daddy? Who's my daddy? I need to find my daddy. And it's like, it's there all along. Everyone else could see it, but them. And sometimes sometimes even in relationships, you could see when someone's, it's just not fitting. And they're like, oh no, I I need this guy. I want, no, this is the one. And you're like, "Mm -mm." right. And it's just the story that we tell ourselves. What's, what is the story that we tell ourselves about ourselves? What's the story? It's all a story. We're just living the reflection of the story that we're telling ourselves. And, and stories tend to go from generation to generation also, right? So we don't have to be our parents' story. We don't have to be who they thought we should be. What's your story? And you get to write it. You get to draw a line at any point in time and say, I'm closing this book. I always say, don't try to close, don't write a new chapter, write a new book, write a new storyline. You invite the characters that you want to play with. You're not obligated to keep pulling the same stuff with you. And the re- the, the way I got over the past was to just close the book. I didn't burn the book. It's not a good book. It's not a bad book. It's just a book. Sometimes I grab it off the shelf and I flip through it like my old high school yearbook, but I'm not writing in that book anymore. Sometimes there's reasons to, to, to flip through it, but it's just, I'm, I'm on a new book. There's good things, there's bad things, there's all kinds of things in that book, but I'm not there anymore. I'm not in high school anymore. I'm, I'm not the guy that's going to tell you, remember the time I scored those three touchdowns and keep talking about the same thing my whole life. At some point, you have to move on and be able to write a new story. And now this story does not have to be tied to all these influences and what people want for you. It's who you say you are. It's what you're meant to do. And trust me, when you get to where you're going, everybody that doubted you will suddenly become your fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Brian, I see your hand is raised. Yeah. Hey, Rodney. A great presentation, and thank you, Louisa, for hosting this. Yeah, I, a lot of great gems tonight. I'm like reflecting a lot within the last few minutes, and like I, I, I start to feel the same way sometimes. You know, like the the sports. Thing doesn't matter in the moment when it's going on. I'll catch up on it later in terms of looking at stuff or like as uh, talking about your purpose and like, for, for me I've realized my purpose is 
to shine a light on autism. I'm on the spectrum. And it's be, it took me a long time to just like, to fully embrace it. I mean, I was diagnosed when I was four and I didn't know until I was almost 16. But as an adult, I used to go through periods where I was like, why can't, why is it that I don't communicate like everybody else? But then it became, well, I'm, I'm just uniquely me and people could take it or leave it. And I mean, there are still tests that I go through these days, especially at home as I evolve because I'm often behind the scenes and I'm often on my devices connecting with people, but it's not always just on social, it's on audio too, or Zoom calls. So it's just remembering the purpose and and just keep pushing forward to connect with people and to serve the purpose and leave a legacy. And for me, I'd like to be able to be of help to pave the way for more opportunities for future children on the spectrum. So that's what I wanted to come yeah. up with. And that's you who's going to do that. You have an opportunity to inspire like most people could never. You're an inspiration just right now listening to you speak. So for you to understand that you actually have a gift to reach people I could never reach, the rest of us here could never reach. And when you can come through something and have your light shining as bright as it's shining right now, and you come through something, you inspire people like you can't even imagine. Because that's what that's what moves people. People aren't moved by people who seem like they never had a challenge. I, I don't I don't want to read a book by Paris Hilton. Right. I mean, really, when I was born so rich, I don't know what to do with all this money. Right. Like the decisions I've got to make with so much money. No, no one wants to read that. People want to hear from people who overcame something, who never quit. Like the kid that was blind. Right. I mean, he inspired millions. He's been on so many TV shows because of his challenge and he found a way over his challenge. So this kid found a way to click and, and, and see things with sound, you're finding a way to do it your way. Because how many people come come up that lane that have your attitude? Not many. Like you're the first one I've met that want to inspire people in that realm. You're the first one. You are the original. You are the creator. You get to create something that's never been. Right. Like, like for me, looking at my challenges of, you know, the way I was raised in a high control religion. Well, I do something that's quite unique now. Right. I moved to Vegas to just speak on the strip with five billion other motivational speakers. That's not special. That's not special being at, you know, some IBM corporation meeting, being the speaker. That's not special. There's a thousand other people that could do that. But when we take what has challenged us and we champion over that. Now we have the ability to touch the masses and to inspire the masses. So, Brian, you start telling yourself that story. 
You are a one of a kind. Like the end of that poem, you're one of a kind and you were born to shine. And your purpose is your gift. So many times what seems like the curse is actually your gift. Because only you can touch them the way you're going to touch them. I can't do it. Louisa can't do it. So the world is waiting for you. Tell yourself that story. So powerful. So, so powerful. And we'll all have our gifts. Yeah. So what happens if someone isn't clear on what their gift is? The answer is always inside. And that poem, I said, it was given to you at birth. Meditation is very, is a very important part of my life. Answers come up for me in meditation. You've got to spend time with yourself. You've got to allow the voice from within to come out. It's trying to come out. (laughs) It's trying its best to come out. But we let all the noise distract us. And that's why I say it's very important to start to quiet down the noise. Meditation, be with you. You'll start to hear that inner voice. You start to hear that calling to do what it is you do. It's, it's doubt that is just pushing that down. I think most of us have an inkling. We just need to spend more time with ourselves. And we need to quiet out everyone else. What everyone else says doesn't matter. Absolutely. One of the things I realized last week, I got to meet up with a girlfriend who I hadn't seen since eighth grade. We were friends from sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And when I thought I was the fugly little girl, not just ugly, but fugly little girl at the time. And I'm telling her a story and I'm super excited about it. And she looks at me and she goes, this is the girl I remember. And I'm like, I didn't know that. I really didn't know that. I remember being so paralyzingly afraid of the world. And I have, thank God, outgrown what I thought that was me. And as I was sharing, she's like, this is the girl I remember. And it was so heartwarming to know that I've always been me Mm -hmm. and I get to continue being me. And we all, we all like, and it's not, I used to be thinking it was embarrassing to be excited about who I was and now I'm like I've entered the room let's have fun yeah 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 it's nothing wrong with that I think that's that's a really self-limiting story that people tell themselves that they just feel like they've got to play down mm-hmm. and they can't just be this bright light that you're supposed to be no you're supposed to be a bright light we're, we're supposed to enjoy everyone's light you know, it's like going out of the strip in Vegas is all these different color lights doing different things, shining as brightly as they should shine. And you never, ever shy away from that. Be the best you you can be and see it. Right. And be okay with it. It's okay. It's okay to be really, really cool with yourself and to like you. Exactly. Thank you so very much. This has been a magical evening. And everyone got to celebrate quite the birthdays in here and lots of birthing happening. I know there's dreams, there's visions, there's downloads, amazing, amazing magic got to happen in here today. And thank you for being the source of that. And thank you for having me. This is, this is, uh, this has been a wonderful session. Thank you. Thank you for being a world changer. You're really out there changing lives and 
globally. So everyone, thank you. Thank you, thank you all. Thank you.